Hello, and welcome to the Gestalt IT On-Premise IT Roundtable, the only podcast that dares to be both on-topic and on-location. My name is Tom Hollingsworth, I'm a network analyst with Gestalt IT, and we're bringing you IT luminaries today to discuss a very interesting premise. I'd like to take a moment for our guests to introduce themselves. Hi guys, I'm Snehal Patel. My Twitter handle is at snehalpatel1410. I'm a global network architect at a large retailer, and I do occasionally write blogs on my website, prostn.com, prostn. All right. I'm Drew Conry Murray. My Twitter handle is Drew underscore CM, and I'm a packet pusher. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> Jordan Martin, at BC Jordan on Twitter. I'm also a host at Network Collective. You can find us at uh, thenetworkcollective.com. All right, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, we've got a really interesting premise here. Uh, those of you who are in IT who follow along with the podcast, you've probably heard of this thing called the cloud. Um, Odds are really good that you've seen multiple clouds. Perhaps you're a fan of the Amazon cloud or the Microsoft cloud. There may even be a few of you out there who like Oracle's cloud. Uh, there is a growing movement inside of IT, specifically pushed by some specific analysts, that say that you will not end up in just one of those clouds. You will have workloads in all of them, perhaps even multiple clouds. So the premise of today's episode, multi-cloud is a fad. Multi-cloud's not a thing that's actually going to take off. I'd like to toss this topic out to our guests to see what they think about multi-cloud. Who wants to jump in and give me an opinion about whether or not multi-cloud's going to be a thing? I have an opinion. Go for it. Okay. I, I do think multi-cloud is real. You're going to have folks developing in a bunch of clouds, whether that's because of business reasons or you acquire another company and they built on Azure and you're all on AWS. I think the fad part comes in, there's a variety of vendors who don't really have a lot to do with cloud that have latched onto this multi-cloud notion as a way to try to sell you something. Okay. I'm thinking particularly in the networking space where you hear multi-cloud talked about all the time, and I'm not really sure what a Cisco or a Juniper has to do with a multi-cloud deployment. Kind of sounds to me a lot of time when they're trying to sell me a box that allows my workloads to move easily from Amazon to Microsoft, that the purpose of your box is to try to convince me to use multiple clouds to justify why I had to buy it in the first place. That's the undercurrent for me. It, it isn't the fact that we're not going to have workloads in multiple clouds. I think that that's a question of economics. Mm -hmm. The reality is, is that we're going to put our workload where it makes the most sense and where we can do it the most cost efficiently. Um, I think the, the undercurrent to that is the fact that the idea that companies are going to have workloads that are the same workload distributed across multiple clouds and I don't know who's doing that, right? Like, I, I don't know who's looking to do that. It seems like a problem or a solution in search of a problem. Okay. I, I don't know anyone who's clamoring to say, hey, I have this, this one particular application and I want to run my, my web front end in this cloud and my database in this cloud and this other application on my on-prem. <laughs> so, so why would we want to do that in the first place? Like, I, I mean, like from a hobby kit perspective, like I want to prove that I can do this, like I could build a rocket in my backyard that, that, like, that's it, because the nightmare of support of, oh, well, the web front end went down because US East 1 rebooted last night, and they're doing maintenance on the database today because you know, Azure's West is down. Right, it, it, makes, it makes those uh, dependency trees really, really complicated. I don't think anyone's looking for that. I think what they're looking for is mobility, the idea that um, when I say it's economics, if everybody goes to one cloud provider, we'll just pick on Amazon since they're like the, you know, the big fish, right? right? If everyone goes to Amazon, Amazon absolutely owns the market like they do now and they continue to, continue to build that, they're gonna be able to charge whatever they want. 
Yeah. The reality is, is that down the line, it's not going to be economical because they have a, a stranglehold on the market. And so companies don't want to be stuck in that one cloud. They want to be able to move and say, okay, I'm in Amazon today because it's economical today, but I have the ability to move out the moment that they say, oh, this workload's now going to be twice as expensive. Not that they want to move. They just want to be able to say they could if they wanted Most to. times, yes, absolutely. So I think that when we talk about multi-cloud, we have to define the problem. Are we saying that we just want to be able to use each of the cloud services as like you know a, a separate data center? that we have today that's just off-prem. And if that's the case, it's a, it's a measure of routing, right? Yeah. If, it's, if it's, I want to be able to share workloads across multiple clouds, well, it's a much more complicated discussion. I think that what the vendors are trying to sell is that. And I don't know if very many people who are looking for that. I think what the vendors are also trying to sell is we want to offer you some kind of uniform policy and security enforcement layer that can run across multiple clouds because when you talk to executives and compliance officers, cloud freaks them out, and perhaps rightly so. Um, so there's the, also that other multi-cloud story about we want to give you this uniform operational environment. But again, the complexities and the complications, I, I don't see it. Well, there's value in that, but I don't think the cloud providers are going to work with you on that. Like the, their, their particular networking stack is built with the idea that we're going to keep you here. Like oh, yeah. they, they don't want to build something that allows you to be portable. Yeah. Yeah. And so the idea is if you're going to build that, I love this, and I'm going to get yelled at, I know it's coming, because I'm going to use the phrase that everyone hates when I use, but it's called lowest common denominator. Mm -hmm. If you're going to build something that works across all, I can only implement features that are enabled in all of those platforms that I can consistently abstract into something that I use. That's a limited subset because everyone does things so differently right now. And I don't think there's any uh, monetary motivation for the cloud providers to change. They're providing like these, all these amazing features in their networking stacks that we don't normally get. And most people aren't going to want to avoid using those. But as long as you enable one of those features in Amazon, you're stuck in Amazon because that doesn't yep. exist in Google Cloud. Exactly. So I agree with what Drew and Jordan said. But one additional perspective I wanted to share is, uh, what is your application stack looking like? Um, uh, is your application stack only running on IaaS? It's very easy to move between the cloud providers. But but a lot of enterprises are also trying to look at PaaS services. And these PaaS services are very specific to the cloud provider. And in, in that case, if, if I like a DBaaS service from Oracle Cloud, for example, then I will be forced to go to that service because Amazon or Azure cannot offer that. Right. And in that situation, I might be forced to run into multi-cloud or spread out my application into multi-cloud. Oh, so you're saying actually because I like the database from one particular cloud, I'm going to run my database in that cloud, but still yes. run my web front in another Possibly, one? yeah. I still have the same. I still have the same hesitancy. I, I, I see what you're saying, and yeah. I think there's technical merit there. But I think you, there's going to be a weight, right? Pros and cons. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be adding a lot of complexity for what additional value. Complexity, latency, all right. That. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I could see, and we'll pick on Oracle because you mentioned database, and I like picking and on you Oracle. Like picking on Oracle. Um, <laughs> you you could see a situation where I could run my DB on the back end with Oracle, and then I could run my front end on Azure, for example and Larry gets mad at, at Satya Nadella one day and says, you know what, I'm shutting all of the interconnects down, or I'm going to make it really hard to do the API calls. It would be so much easier if you would just run this on Oracle, and everything would be great, and never mind about the bills right now. We'll, we'll sort that out later. Um, you know, we, we work with the idea that there's kind of a, a tacit agreement that they're not going to do anything to kind of block each other until one of them gets enough dominance that they can and everybody else kind of has to say, we have to disallow connectivity between your two organizations, because if we don't, we're going to lose out, and we don't want you to have any more power. Kind of reminds me of Java, 
Remember, it's like, we'll write this application in Java and it'll run everywhere. And that was a great idea until people tried to do that and they realized it ran slow, it was super buggy, it was a pain in the neck to get Java working in the first place. And they decided, well, rather than do that, it was actually less of a support nightmare to just run a program compiled directly for that platform and I'll just deal with the exceptions as they come up. And that's why no one uses Java today. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I mean, I would like to believe that in my perfect world of multi-cloud, no Java, and, and what have you. So how does, how does this translate into real value for a customer? Because you know, I hear Jordan's argument that, that customers are, they want portability, but they don't want to move. They're lazy. I don't want to spend time coding my application. I said that. Um, <laughs> they don't want to spend time coding their application to be portable because I'm gonna, I want to enable all these cute little bells and whistles in IBM Cloud that give me an opportunity to have a competitive advantage over my competitors. How do we prevent people from seeking the lowest common denominator or how do we help them understand that you can never truly be portable until you are willing to spend twice as much time to ensure that you can move things? It's all it's all a question of motivations, right? So, you know, I think that a lot of enterprises, like, they love the feature. Um, it's one of the problems we have in networking stacks today is we love features, bells, whistles, mm -hmm. things that, you know, we think we need that we maybe don't actually need. I think most people are just building themselves into a corner. Like, they're going to they're gonna turn on the features that make, them, make those workloads very sticky that they're going to just have to re-architect when they move somewhere else. And that seems to be, you know, as part of the equation, something that enterprises have accepted forever. Like, they just have been willing to re to redo those things when they need to, um, it creates a higher barrier for, for doing that move, though. I don't know that there's any advoc advocacy that's going to happen that pushes people to go that direction unless they are looking specifically for that portability. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's almost like the uh, multi-vendor interoperability in, in networking stacks today. We see like service providers absolutely insist on multiple vendors because there's absolutely no way they can run a monolithic stack. A lot of enterprises can because the feature sets all work, and they prefer that because they get a more rich feature experience. And so it's just a, it's a, it's a trade-off question. And to be true, back in the day, when everybody ran their own slightly different flavor of OSPF, that interoperability was a nightmare, but we've essentially reached the point where, to use your analogy, the lowest common denominator for all OSPF is a functional operating protocol. Yep. Now, we've built stuff on top of it since then that we've been pushing for people to want to use, but the fact is, is that if we wanted to go down that road, we could, and but cloud is not there yet. it requires standards-based technologies. <laughs> You're not going to go find a serverless technology that's standards-based across multiple cloud providers. It's not going to happen. Now, one of the things I've seen, and, and again, it, it's not easy to do, is uh, there is an approach where people say, let's run Cloud Foundry on all the cloud providers, and now I can easily move my workloads around, mm -hmm. but in that, you're losing all the benefits of going to cloud. This is the same argument for VMware, yeah. like in Amazon, right? Like, yes, I can run the same hypervisor that I'm familiar with, I can extend it with NSX or whatever else I'm gonna extend it with, and I'm gonna treat it just like it's an, uh, an off-prem data center, but I lose all the advantages of AWS. Yeah. I think this notion of moving workloads from one cloud provider to another is something folks are just going to have to let go of. It's there as sort of a bargaining chip, like, AWS, you really don't have this leverage over me because I could leave anytime I want. And AWS is like, yeah, whatever, try it. Um, You'll be back in 10 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, so if, if you're doing a multi-cloud strategy because, for instance, you like the way Oracle has a database service or you like the PaaS features in Azure, go for it. Just understand that you are essentially building your silos in the cloud and then just 
work from those restrictions that you've got there and take advantage of all the features you can get in the individual clouds that meet your business needs. Just understand you're rebuilding your silos. So it almost kind of says like, instead of people thinking that workload mobility exists, you, are, you have to create, create workload mobility based on sticky services. So service in this cloud, service in that cloud, and that's where the real multi-cloud is, is you're essentially using best of breed clouds for specific workload applications and building an infrastructure on top of that. But now we're back to a routing issue. It, it simply is connectivity. It's not about portability. Though. It's routing, and it's also where does your data live? Because well, and that's a whole other. That, whoever, whoever, data wherever data your data lives, that that's the cloud that owns you essentially. If you you can build something that's pulling serverless from Amazon and something from Azure and something else from Oracle, but whoever's got the data, they've got the the. The hands around your that's, that's I sent all point. my data to Germany because it's the safest place for my data right now. <laughs> that's a good point, though, when you talk about the economics, right? So if you talk about splitting your application across multiple clouds, I mean, data export feeds from clouds are expensive. And so, mm -hmm. like, I, that, reason, yeah. that application is now going to get more expensive to run simply because mm -hmm. of the fact that every right. call I make from Amazon to Azure, because that's where my database is, is now going to cost me some, you know, fraction of a cent. But when I do millions of them, yeah. like... Or, or worse yet, when the, the economics of the transaction is imbalanced in the favor of content um, providers or creators. So Amazon Glacier is a perfect example. It is dirt cheap to write to Glacier, <laughs> but when you want to get your data back, now we're talking. No. Because Amazon believes that writes should be cheap, but reads should be. It's the Hotel California. Uh, what, is the, uh, <laughs> what, what is the term that, that some of our friends like to use? Reassuringly expensive? expensive yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, so where does multi-cloud go from here? If, if it's kind of a fad as it exists now, how does it become a real thing? Snehal, what, what was the one thing that can make multi-cloud a reality for you? Uh, from my perspective, it would be case-to-case -case basis. If my application is database heavy, I'll move it to Oracle. If my, uh, if my application is uh, something that needs to scale up, uh, retail or e-commerce application, then I might move it to AWS or Azure. So it depends, completely depends on which application. Okay. Um, not all application will be in one cloud provider and, and at the same time, uh, mobility for, for an application from, from one cloud provider to, to another is also tough. Okay. Uh, I think multi-cloud is real. Uh, we're living in it. What's a fad or what's a misapprehension is that uh, you have workload portability among public clouds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I generally agree, and I think that uh, multi-cloud is becoming even more of a reality as we talk about uh, abstracting some of those network stacks. So as, you know, uh, one of my favorite topics with SD-WAN, I can drop an SD-WAN appliance in, and it treats it just like an endpoint on the rest of my network. All of a sudden, it's a lot easier to route to multiple clouds and between multiple clouds because I'm not having to deal with these, like, esoteric interfaces that are just, you know, unique to each and every cloud instance. And so I think that's going to enable it. So I, I agree, multi-cloud is real. Um, I think there's a bunch of limitations on portability that just, I don't think it's going to be practical for most people. I agree. And I, I think that really the argument here is kind of like the argument that I have when people tell me that I should get rid of my Mac and use a PC because you know what? It's better. And the answer is I'm kind of locked into my Mac right now because I have a lot of applications that are not portable because someone made a decision a long time ago. But then I also look at the number of applications that I use that are web-based and don't really care about the platform. And yeah, maybe I could make it work if I really had to. But the reality is, is that I don't want to because I'm lazy, because I want everything to work the way that I think it should. And I think that that's probably going to be the thing that makes or breaks multi-cloud. Not whether or not you can do it, but whether or not it's so easy for you to do it that you overcome the ability for you to be so lazy you just don't care. 
All right, so that should just about wrap it up for this episode of the On-Premise IT Roundtable. Thank you all very much for joining us today. You can always find the latest episode of this podcast if you head over to our website, gestaltit.com slash podcast. You can check out all of the episodes that we have. If you want to head over to our YouTube channel, just go to youtube.com and Google Gestalt IT in the search box. Um, you can pull up a playlist of all the episodes that we've had in the past. There's been a, really lot of, a lot of really great topics that we've discussed, like security, networking, wireless, and even some storage topics. Um, we always try to keep you up to date through podcast applications. Whichever one you choose is the best one for you. Um, you know, just leave us a rating, leave us a like, leave us a review. People read those reviews, and that's how they can find great content and continue to consume it. So for our esteemed influencers on the uh, panel, for myself, Tom Hollingsworth, and for the rest of the Gestalt IT family, thank you all very much for being a part of this premise, and we look forward to debating yet another one with you in the future.